This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. And welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan uh, jo- joined here. Uh, Nate Klaus will be joining us here in this opening se- segment. He's away from us here uh, out of the studio uh, on a family deal, but uh, want to get right off the bat. Uh, it's been a long week uh, for this coaching staff, long week for us at Husker Online as we were on the road covering Nebraska on their satellite camp tour. We spanned into states like Texas, Florida, Georgia, St. Louis, uh, out in Los Angeles and California. We're finally back in Lincoln as Nebraska now. We'll have Friday Night Lights camps here the next two Fridays, and we're going to preview that here at the end of the show in our recruiting segment. But wanted to start off the show just kind of with some final thoughts on on what we saw, what we witnessed this past week on the, ro- uh, on the road. And really, Nate, um, it was something special. You look at what Adidas kind of put together here on a short moment's notice, and you know I think they really found something here. And and you know what we saw with these camps, um, I think it's really just a start um, for what we're going to be going through in a lot of Junes to come. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that not too many times can you say you were the first to to do something or the first to come up with an idea. But that's that's exactly what Adidas really did here coming up with their little uh, you know, Adidas-sponsored satellite camp tour that, that spanned across five or so different camps and uh, that Nebraska took took part of, and as well as several SEC schools, you know, especially Texas A&M, Mississippi State. I mean, this is something that we've never seen before, these SEC schools not only taking part in a satellite camp, but actually with Texas A&M hosting one. Uh, so that in itself of, is kind of groundbreaking territory there, but – uh, it was a special event. You had all the head coaches from all these different Adidas schools out, along with their assistants, and and um, as well as a, a number of truly outstanding players in all these different regions. So I, I think that it was very beneficial to a lot of not just the colleges, but to the kids and, of course, Adidas and helping to spread their brand as well. You mentioned uh, the SEC deal, and it, it very much still is a forbidden fruit in that area. Uh, Texas was supposed to go into the state of Louisiana, for example, uh, to hold a satellite camp with a smaller Division two or three school, and LSU basically boxed them out of it. So, um, you know, they don't want those in those areas, and Adidas has kind of found a way to – to get them down there to get SEC schools involved, and you know, I was joking today with Ryan Lacey and Zach Soskin from uh, Adidas. Like, you guys need to get a Louisiana Tech camp. That alone would get a ton of publicity. As Louisiana Tech's coaching staff was on all these trips with us this week, and um, they are an Adidas school. And if they could somehow get an Adidas satellite camp, uh, that would really get a lot of publicity. If they get one down in Louisiana, yeah, that would be huge. <laughs> I mean. Uh, just like you said, with, with, with Texas kind of getting boxed out there, we've we've never seen anything like that happen in the state of Louisiana. But uh, I think if you if you come together and, and bring a number of, of high-profile schools together or a number of high-profile coaches together, like Adidas has kind of done in, in these different states, I, I think that it's not uh, – you know, it's, it's something that, that could eventually happen, but uh, you know, and hopefully it does. I, I think that you know there there shouldn't be any territory that's that's you know completely forbidden for other schools to go into, and, and I think in the in the long run you're only kind of hurting the, the kids that live in that state. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we put a wrap on 
the Satellite Camp Tour for Nebraska as they're now back home getting ready for Friday Night Lights camps in Lincoln each of the next two Friday nights. And, uh, Nate, as we kind of wrap things up, we, we, we kind of last left off on our camps in South Florida at Florida Atlantic and Florida International. I uh, wanted to kind of hit some thoughts on particularly that camp in Southern California. You know, you, you just look at it, Nate. Mike Riley's reputation is so strong out there, and this is our third consecutive year now going out to the L.A. area for a Mike Riley Nebraska satellite camp. And um, you, you just see it more than anywhere else where – his comfort zone is and his connections and reputation run strong being a former USC offensive coordinator, being a former San Diego Chargers head coach. All the years he spent at Oregon State recruiting Southern California. Um, you had two of Nebraska's commits as well show up to that camp, and uh, the numbers weren't exactly the highest we saw all week. But, you know, I think the key for all of these camps, we saw it in St. Louis and Southern California, is if you can get about seven to 10 offered type guys at each event, that's really what you strive for. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think that over the last three years, you can make an argument that the Southern California has been the most beneficial for Nebraska out of all of them. And, and I think that even though those camps' numbers are never the highest that we see, the, the overall talent level is very good from top to bottom. And like you said, there's only at least seven to ten offered type of prospects that go out to these camps that the coaches are able to to spend a lot of time working with one-on-one. There's a lot of recruiting that's going on. There's, there's uh, you know, parents and high school coaches in the stands that are able to kind of get a better feel for the coaching staff in Nebraska and, and Mike Riley. And, and, of course, all these kids know each other. They're all playing against each other, you know, on the seven-on-seven circuit or – we're on the same team on the seven-on-seven circuits or have come across each other, you know, whether it be uh, in the fall playing against each other or, or at other camps. So there's a lot of camaraderie that goes along at a lot of these camps. And, um, you know, it's always something to see because there's uh, – you, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to, to have a couple names come out of those Southern California satellite camps that are, that are going to end up – at least visiting Nebraska and, and, in most cases, committing to Nebraska down the road. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we put a wrap on the week that was here. As uh, Later on in the show, we will get you geared up for the Friday Night Lights camp um, here in Lincoln um, coming up here Friday night at 7 o'clock. But, Nate, one of the things that was interesting that we saw really all week was a lot of guys at these camps would just show up that were offered guys or commitments to other schools uh, but they wouldn't take part in the camp. And I think that's something down the road you're going to hear some bickering about, and, and, and that could get maybe the NCAA involved again uh, down the road of these satellite camps because I was just fascinated by the a number of high-profile guys that just kind of showed up there to to kind of work the sidelines and visit with coaches all week. Yeah, well, well you, you see that. I think that a lot of those high-profile guys – they don't necessarily feel the need to go out and, and actually get a workout in or, or prove to any type of coach, you know, what they're made out of, because in a lot of cases, these guys have 10, 20 or more offers to their names, but it's a good opportunity to go out and get around, you know, coaches from a different school by driving, you know, an hour away from their home instead of traveling halfway across the country. And, and, and I think they're, the NCAA is definitely going to probably try to crack down on that a little bit. Uh, and I know that they already kind of have. I, they're, 
you know, a kid is supposed to have registered before they're really allowed to, to have too much interaction with, with a coaching staff. And, and I know there's some guys that actually registered for a camp but didn't necessarily work out just so that they could be there and, and talk with the coaches and, and interact with them for the entire day. So uh, that's an interesting aspect that's, that's kind of become more and more prevalent over the last couple of years. And, and I think we're going to continue to see that you know, as things kind of progress along and as the, the satellite camps kind of um, continue to evolve down the road. That's what you will see, I believe, the SEC – really try to use um, if they want to make a case against kind of this new form. But Nada, as we kind of put a wrap on this, your best guess, how many offers do you think Nebraska made? Uh, I know we reported on a lot, kind of covered a lot of it out on the road, but is it safe to say they made at least 10 to 15 offers out of these satellite camps? Uh, that's my first question. When you give me that answer, I got a second question uh, following up off that. Yeah, I think I think at least 15 offers were made. And there's probably another 15 guys that Nebraska kind of said, Hey, look, you know, we're, you're on our radar. We like you and we're probably going to offer you down the road. We just, we're looking forward to seeing a little bit of your, you know, your first two or three games next fall before we, we send that official offer out your way. So um, I, I guarantee you that while there was probably, you know, 15 offers, verbal offers extended, I, I bet you, there's another 15 or so that will come out of these camps at least uh, by the end of September of this fall. And then following up on that, how many guys do you think showed up that already had Nebraska offers and Nebraska was able to maybe get a better evaluation this past week? Well, just in that the California camp alone, I think you were pushing close to 10. I think at the, at the St. Louis camp, you had, um, you know, probably five or six. Um, at, e- at each camp, I, I think that they had – at least three or four. So uh, during the whole week, they were probably able to, to work out and really spend a lot of time with 30, maybe even 35 offered kids that, that have been on the radar, that they've been communicating with already for quite some time. And in a lot of cases, guys that have already even visited before. And, and that is such a key stat right there. You shared on, on the number of offer guys they've seen because Put it into perspective, Nate, in the old days before Nebraska did satellite camps and their, say, previous coaching staffs, we won't name names, but I mean, you would go to a camp with 300 guys and, and you'd be lucky to have one or two offer guys there. Yeah, you'd be lucky to have one or two offer guys there. In a lot of cases, when you did have an offer guy on campus, it'd only be there for one day anyway. You know, Out of the three-day session, you, you'd only have that guy for, for one afternoon. So... I think that uh, the satellite camp tour is is way more efficient in terms of being able to actually see guys that are on your radar that you have offered, plus guys that need to be on your radar or that you are eventually going to offer. So it's kind of uh, it, it, it maximizes everything for the coaches. Well, that, that wraps it up here in our opening segment here, but uh, we're going to actually catch up with both. Chase Williams and Manny Allen, Nate Klaus caught up with them both for uh, exclusive one-on-one interviews um, off campus following the satellite camps uh, over the weekend in Southern California. And then we're going to have Nate rejoin us again. That's where Robin Washett will be involved in today's show, but Nate will rejoin us at the end of the show uh, to give us a preview of the first Friday Night Lights camp. That's all next here on this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. 
You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show, fresh off the satellite camp tour. Sean Callahan, as we were in California, Texas, Georgia, Florida, St. Louis, uh, all over the course of last week. And now Nebraska will hold their Friday Night Lights camp as uh, really all of Nebraska's commitments will either take part in a Big Red weekend or Friday Night Lights camp over the next two weeks. But while we were out in California, we did have a chance to catch up with two of Nebraska's commitments from the state of California as Husker Online's Nate Klaus spoke with wide receiver commit Manny Allen while we were out in California uh, for the satellite camps. Nate Klaus here with uh, Rivals 250 wide receiver commit Manny Allen out of Corona. Uh, came out today to Nebraska satellite camp at Redlands uh, to, to kind of see the coaches and, and catch up with some, some buddies of yours out there. Uh, How did everything go today? What, were, what type of conversations did you have with some of the guys? Well, really, most I was having conversation with the guys about, well, some of them wanted to be be a Husker, and most of them, a couple guys that's already committed, like Chase. And we are just talking about season things, our senior season, how, how things are going to go. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so you committed to Nebraska uh, during the, the spring game visit, uh, along with a handful of other guys like Buki and, and Chase and everything. Um, and I don't know if we've really had a chance to catch up with you about everything that went into that decision. I guess break down for the fans, you know, how, how you came about to, to pick Nebraska and how you decided to do it at the spring game. Well, more it was more about a family decision. And my family, they felt comfortable with me going up there. And so they felt comfortable with the coaching staff, Coach Riley, and the family. So we just decided to join the family. And the coaching, um, the fan base, awesome, amazing. I love it. Okay, now I know you're pretty close with Keith Williams. Describe the type of relationship that you, you've been able to develop with him. Well, it's actually great. He actually took me under his wing. So that's actually, I, I call him uncle. So, yes, sir. It's a great relationship. Okay. Now, uh, you, you transferred to Corona. Uh, I know you've been been working out with them. What's what's your senior season looking like, um, you know, heading into to your final year? Final year, really, I'm just – I'm focused on Centennial, to be honest. I want to be Centennial. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, what are you, what, what you kind of working on this summer to, to, you know, take that – take your game to the next level? Well, really, I'm working on getting bigger, a little bigger, a little stronger, faster and physical, footwork better. Okay, now are you a mid-year enrollee? Yes, sir. Okay, so I think there's going to be a handful of, of mid-year enrollees uh, heading into to Nebraska. Do you know anybody else that you're for sure going to be, uh, you know, going to Nebraska early with? Well, if not early, because I want to, I want to live the high school dream. So I, I might just stay. But right now, my family want me to go early. But there's a couple like can't say one because he he hasn't committed yet. But Buki. That's the only one I know so far. Okay. Now, what's uh, what's your relationship like with some of the other commits? Are, I mean, you guys talk quite a bit, stay in, in close communication with one another? Yes, we stay close. We, we Well, really, we've been off because I've been off social media, but we caught back up like last week. Okay. Now, uh, I guess Nebraska's recruiting class is starting to fill up. It's top 10 class in the nation right now. Um, you know, how much better do you think things can get uh, before they before they're done? Oh, it's going to get way better, better than we we're looking to be number one. All right, any message for Nebraska fans? Uh, you know, once once all you guys get on campus. Oh, we're turning it around. All right, Manny Allen go here. Huskers. Here we go, go Huskers. <laughs> all right, thanks, Manny. Thank you.
And once again, that was Nebraska wide receiver commit Manuel Allen with Husker Online's Nate Klaus as we were out on the satellite camp tour. And while we were at that same camp, we got a chance to catch up with Nebraska's four-star defensive back recruit Chase Williams, who took part uh, in the camp as well as Nate Klaus caught up with Williams while we were out at the Redlands. All right, Nate Klaus here in the Redlands talking with Nebraska commit Chase Williams. Um, you know, came out to the camp today. What was your experience like? Uh, it was good just getting to work with uh, all the coaches, working with Coach Dante, just working on some stuff for DBs that helped me out uh, far in the future. And just even now, just some little stuff that I could correct. So it, it was good. Okay, been to commit to Nebraska since right, right, right around the spring game, I guess. Uh, you know, I guess take us back to that decision and, and everything that went into it and, and uh, how you're still feeling about it right now. I'm still 110% about it. I uh, don't have any any thoughts or doubts about anything, any decisions that I've made. But um, just mainly because I was comfortable. I trusted in the coaches I was going to be with. I liked the players that I was going to be around. And also on the other side of the ball, I know it's going to have competition. That's going to help me get better every day. And I thought it was just the best fit for me, just one that I'm comfortable with and I know that I can be at for four years. So. Okay, now that DB class that you're in is shaping up to be pretty special. Do you yeah. talk with a lot of those guys and stay in touch with them? Yeah, we, we have a little we have a little chat. We all be talking and stuff, so it's all good. Okay, now what's up next for you? You're going to be making a trip to Friday Night Lights? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. do you know, uh, are you coming with your family or are you coming with any uh, friends? Or? I believe I'll just be with my mom. Um, that, that's as far as I know right now. Maybe other family might come, but as far as right now, I just know it's me and my mom. So. Okay. Now, I think Manny said that he was he was going to be out there. Do you know anybody else for sure that's planning on uh, making it out there? Uh, not exactly. A lot of people tell me that they've been going. Just like, well, you know, everybody like Buki, uh, Manny, some other people. But um, yeah, a lot of people are going. I just don't know exactly who yet. So I'm trying to get some other people like Braden, uh, Brady Huffman, trying to get them to come out. So. Okay, I was going to ask you about Brayton. Nebraska just offered him during the spring evaluation period. He's a year younger than you. Are you, uh, you working him pretty good? Yeah, we always compete during practice. We always be trying to get each other better. So we, we all need, we, it's like my little brother. So we're all each other tough. Okay, now heading into your senior season, what's Corona Roosevelt kind of looking like? How are, you, how are you feeling about the upcoming year? I feel really good. I feel like our chemistry as a team has gotten a lot better and it's going to be our second year in just with like a new coaching staff that we're just all comfortable with. We all have good relationships with. So I, th I think it's going to go good. A lot, we have a lot of returning players that are going to be, uh, that are going to be seniors. So it should, be, it, should be good. it should be a good season. Okay. Now, after football is over, are you planning on being an early enrollee or are you going to be graduating in June? No, I early enroll in January. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Chase Williams here at the Redlands uh, camp. Thanks a lot, man. And both Chase Williams and Manny Allen are scheduled to be in Lincoln here for the second Friday Night Lights camp on June 23rd. That will be open to the public. So if you want to get out and see these guys and really all of Nebraska's key commits, that 23rd camp uh, will basically have all of them taking part along with a number of other high-profile prospects. All right, when we come back, we're going to bring in head coach Mike Riley again as he talked to reporters while we were out in St. Louis on Saturday. We'll share what Coach Riley had to say next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan as we uh, put a wrap on the satellite camp week for Nebraska. I know last week in our show, you heard exclusively our one-on-one -on -one interview with head coach Mike Riley, but 
Coach Riley also uh, met with some reporters here um, as they wrapped up camps in St. Louis this week. And um, if you missed it, here's what Coach Riley had to say. The reason we, you know, we, we kind of threw out there a combination of things we're going to do. So this is a little different than the ones we've been doing, and, and so will tomorrow be. So what we'll do is we'll look at it and and kind of assess uh, what we think and what, what maybe the direction that sends us for next year. I will say I think that it's been great, you know, and, and uh, it's a huge allotment of time for these. You know, it's a whole week week plus really and uh, so we've we kind of dedicated a large period of time it has to be productive and I think it has been you know we have seen guys that are committed we've seen guys that we're recruiting and we found guys so that and that is uh, that is great you know there's I think just a like in Florida I was totally impressed with the athleticism and speed and the number of guys a lot of just really good looking athletic people and uh so it was it, it was i think it's been really good and you know then we we meet some people on the side some coaches that maybe we haven't met that might be a connection when we come down to certain areas and recruit i i think it's been very very good and and uh, our coaches have done a really nice job working these things and and you know we, we got people like John Perella and Keith Williams, Dante Williams, Trent Bray, Cab, that are all really good relationship people. So they, you know, it, it's a it's a good representation from from Nebraska. Obviously, only a few of these kids are only going to get Nebraska offers on this week long trip. But how much did you just enjoy coaching guys, coaching football, the guys who might not even you know be yeah. at that level? You know, you have to appreciate that. I think guys, you know, the, for a kid, I think the camp's twofold. You know, they they want to be <clears throat> evaluated. They want to seek their opportunity to play in college and. So it's a, it is a good opportunity for them to showcase themselves. And, and, you know, my guess is, you know, a lot of them will find that niche somewhere along the way. And, uh, you know, the other thing that you hope that they get out of these camps is a, l- a little bit more football stuff, you know, that, that somebody along the way, you know, I know our coaches can do it, is teach them a little bit more about technique that they'll use. And, and uh, so... I think when you when you go back to the old-fashioned deal about why you go to camps, you know, which is to learn how to be a little better player, you know, no matter what sport it is, I think that uh, we still have to remember that. You know, we it's certainly for us is really helpful in evaluation. And but you know, our, I think I think when you see a kid that's taken a step out of the box to come to something and try to learn, I think that's very very positive. Dan, Danny and um, Coach Tiago have kind of been running things in for you back home. Yeah, out here all week. I make a big decision on how to do this because, you know, one of my concerns through the years, this goes back many, many years, is that we we spend so much time recruiting our next team that it takes away time from being with our own team. And so, what we'd started a year ago and have put in place. Uh, it's actually easier this year because we're more confined to one week, you know, where last year we were spread out a little bit longer. But but I've made sure we have left some coaches back at home to work with our team um, during the off-season program, which the rules opened up a couple of years ago where our coaches could do that. So you have to, you'd, you'd be uh, remiss, I think, in not taking advantage of that. So 
we've got a, we've got guys back home working with our players, and then we've got guys on the road that are evaluating for our next team. How was Florida? I mean, you, you mentioned you saw a lot of guys. I know you recruit there anyway, but did this did those camps kind of reinforce the desire to do even more work down there? Yes, I, it absolutely did. I think that uh, you know we. Probably Florida more than anywhere else is where we found some new names. You know, it's, it's, uh, and as much as it's recruited and some say over recruited, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that, that can run and good looking athletes. So uh, it was, uh, I think, a little bit. Like, I've been to some before down there and was impressed, but I don't know that it ever hit me quite like it did watching the, t the two camps we did in the uh, Miami area the other day. Because, I mean, Willie and Guy are on your team, but they were kind of under the radar recruits. Not a lot yeah. was known really about those two. Are those two's athleticism indicative of what maybe you found at the FIU and FAU camps? Yeah, I think that they're probably good examples of that. And there, there are guys that were really, really impressive athletically uh, that – aren't necessarily at the top of all the recruiting boards and right there in those camps. So, you know, I I, uh, I think that, you know, there are those guys from some of those higher profile high schools down there that are easy to spot and are being recruited probably nationally. But there, I think there's a lot of other really, really good football players that are down there or at least really good athletes. You know, the next step now, we see these guys in shorts and T-shirts and it's... It's wow, but you know, then you go back to the film evaluation and all that stuff. But but there are some kind of common denominators for you know because we're we're talking a lot about receivers, defensive backs, running backs, linebackers. That you know the kind of the the bottom line going into the evaluation is that athleticism. So you get a pretty good base level of wow, this guy has all those tools to be able to play. And then you hope you can confirm that with some film. But it, it's it, it's been very good that way. How, how do you feel about the footprint you've been able to make here in this state? I'm excited about that. And, and uh, you, you guys know we've been talking about that for a couple of years, that 500-mile radius and, and the opportunity for folks from right here in the St. Louis area. You know, basically it's a, it's a driving distance to the game to watch their son play. So... You know, that, that's, that's kind of the goal, and it's kind of fun when you see it start to come to life, you know, with, a, with some history and commitments and just keep building it. We, we, we definitely want to keep going. That's, that's why after the Adidas-sponsored camps that we have been in, you know, our selection of, of, of Lindenwood in the St. Louis area is not an accident. It's a... Mike, um, June 16th and 23rd, you guys have those two Friday Night Light camps, and you're going to have kind of these fan fests built in ahead of them. Yeah. Whose idea was that to kind of open that up? And, I mean, what are you expecting now, knowing that you're going to have free food and activities yeah. to kind of open the door for fans to come in the next two Fridays? Well, you know, I think that uh, really two separate events, you know, that uh, one that kind of department wanted to put on, and, of course, we wanted to put on the Friday Night Lights. And, and uh I think that that's kind of what you see in Lincoln quite often is people take advantage of different opportunities. So they got an opportunity to go to a fan fan day and then you got an opportunity to go 
see the you know the Friday night lights and see some of these future Huskers. That's a pretty good day for a Husker fan. Once again, that was Nebraska head coach Mike Riley putting a wrap on the satellite camps and getting you ready for the next two Friday nights here as the Huskers will host these free Fan Fest events from 5 to 7 uh, with free food, activities, games. Coach Riley will make an appearance as well as a number of other former players. Uh, these will all serve kind of as the lead-in to the Friday Night Lights camp. So um, if you got nothing going on the next few uh, Friday nights, Stop on down to Lincoln. Um, it should be a very fun night uh, to take uh, your kids out and enjoy a night of Husker football. Well, when we come back, uh, we will bring in Robin Washett from HuskerOnline.com as we continue our ranking the Big Ten series. And uh, Robin will give us a breakdown of the offensive players in the Big Ten and kind of where Nebraska falls in that group. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. It is preseason magazine time for college football. As everywhere you go, you you see those magazines out there on the newsstands. And we kind of try to emulate that a little bit every year at Husker Online. We do our ranking, the Big Ten series. used to be the ranking, the Big 12 series at one time as we bring in Robin Washett and you know, it's something that we've always done on the site, um, I think for well over 10 years now. And um, it's always interesting to see kind of who the top guys returning are in the league and kind of where Nebraska stands up in that. And today we wanted to break down those offensive lists. And um, as we bring Robin, he's kind of really spearheaded this project and, and, and put a lot of this together, Robin. But uh, biggest takeaway when you look at the offensive guys coming back in this league? Well, I think, you know, like a lot of uh, fans, at least based off the message or the, the message board response that we've gotten, um, there just seems to be um, a little bit of a taking a step back of just the overall lack of Nebraska guys, you know, across the board on both sides of the ball. And um, obviously this is a unique situation for Nebraska. Um, you know, there's just so many question marks um, on offense and defense, that, and the the loss of you know thirty some seniors from a year ago, uh, it, it just really makes it hard um, to to include a lot of Nebraska guys right now because we don't know a lot. They haven't played yet. Yeah, exactly. And so um, you know there there were some uh, solid representation though. Uh, first and foremost, uh, starting off. At quarterback Tanner Lee, you know, despite the fact that he has never taken a Big Ten snap, he cracked our list. Uh, came in at number five overall. Um, I think the the top five with J.T. Baird of Ohio State, Trace McSorley of Penn State, uh, Wilton Spate of Michigan. And that was somewhat controversial. A lot of people yeah. weren't high on that pick, but you know, he, he's going to be the starting quarterback for Michigan. They went to the Orange Bowl last year. I mean, he was he had a good year last year. And reading reports coming out of Ann Arbor, he's apparently looked really, really good this spring um, and has really taken command of that quarterback group. So, I mean, he's another guy, kind of like Tanner Lee, that is getting hyped because of potential. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, then fourth was Clayton Thorson of Northwestern. So a, a decent list, but um, there's a good chance, you know, if Tanner Lee is the type of player that, you know, everyone thinks he's going to be, he could make a pretty big jump uh, up that list when all is said and done by the end of the year. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, as we talk offensive players and kind of where Nebraska stands right now as far as returning guys. And you know, I think when you, you think about it, Robin, um, that Vegas line of was it was it six and a half? It opened at six and a half. I think it's moved up since, but still. Was it six or six and a half? It might even have been six. Yeah, it might have been six. Yeah, I think it was six. I think right now it's at seven and a half. And you know, that that's why people freaked out people freaked out about that. But when you look at, you know, the vast number of returners, 
Um, Nebraska doesn't have a lot, and you mentioned the quarterback position. Um, they haven't had a running back ranked within the top five of our Big Ten rankings now the last three years. Yeah, since Amir Abdullah. And um, again, you know, that's something that could change uh, if a guy like, you know, maybe Trey Bryant uh, is able to emerge in the player that, you know, the coaching staff hopes he can be. But right now, you can't justify saying he's he's in that group right now because neither he or, um, you know, any other back uh, in that room, Divino Zigbo, Mikhail Wilbon, they're not at the level of a Saquon Barkley or a Justin Jackson or a Mike Weber at Ohio State or even an Akram Wadley. Shannon Brooks uh, at Minnesota. Or Rodney Smith at Minnesota, yeah. Uh, so, both, both the Minnesota backs. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's just reality right now. I mean, there's there's more proven, established talent at the running back position that you, you can't put you know Nebraska in there right now. Yeah, well, and Terrell Newby has graduated. He's been the starter the last two years, has not been at 1,000 yards. Um, I believe this could – yeah, Nebraska hasn't had three consecutive years without a 1,000-yard running back. Um, I mean, you'd have to go back, I believe – um, to the the 60s. I mean, yep. it's it's been for, forever. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, so this is a big year. Someone like Trey Bryant needs to step up. But you, you, top top to bottom, you you, know, you got a Heisman candidate running back, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Barrett's a Heisman candidate at quarterback. I mean, the league is really loaded with some big name returners from a year ago. Yeah, and I guess uh, when you look at maybe Nebraska's top. Uh, skill guys, you know, would be at wide receiver. And so uh, Nebraska did get another player on that list. Stanley Morgan came in at number three. Uh, and I know there was some discussion of whether DeMornay Pearson L should have been on that list as well. And I, I could see an argument, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to it, but um, you know, obviously he's still coming off that injury. He looked fantastic. This I spring. can tell you the coaching staff considers Stanley Morgan the number one right now. Yeah, there's and, no doubt. And I mean, if you watch any spring practice, this guy has NFL potential written all over him. But uh, he came in at number three. Um, you know, oddly enough, Indiana had two guys on this list. Number one overall was Nick Westbrook, um, who caught 54 passes for almost a thousand yards, second highest total in the Big Ten last year. And then at number five or four, Simi Cobbs, who was their number one before last year uh, and he suffered a broken ankle um, in the offseason so he hadn't even played so they have two potential NFL receivers uh, on their roster and then uh, Jazz PB Wisconsin came in number two and then uh, Malik Turner at Illinois came in number five so I, I wouldn't be a, a totally opposed to putting DPE on there um, but right now, I, I just you know I, I just need to see him how he comes back in a game uh, off those injuries he's been dealing with. Well, here's the thing about receiver right now. I, I think that might be the position with the biggest questions in the whole conference. I mean, Michigan. Lost I agree. All it was hard putting that list together. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Michigan lost all their guys to the draft. Penn State lost their top guys. Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah, and Ohio State never has receivers with huge numbers. It's Curtis Samuel was their only guy that really had any sort of you know notable production. Otherwise, it was just kind of a cast of uh, contributors. Well, and, and when you have quarterbacks that carry the ball sometimes twenty plus times a game, yeah, that just takes away a lot of opportunities for receivers. So Ohio State statistically, at least under Urban Meyer, is not typically produced you know high volume receivers, which is why Tyjon Lindsey, I believe, made his decision to come to Nebraska. Uh, but yeah, that that receiver position when you look at it that was hard and um, Stanley Morgan legitimately has a chance this year to be an all-conference receiver if he can do the things we saw him do in the spring yeah no doubt especially if he has uh, that you know chemistry with Tanner Lee uh, that we saw this spring as well I mean those guys were pretty automatic together and if that translates into the season he's going to have a big year 
Let's move over to tight end. We're talking ranking the Big Ten um, offensive guys here as Robin and uh, put together these co- comprehensive lists, kind of as we're in that college football magazine season. And uh, tight ends, another position. Uh, Wisconsin's going to lead the way. Uh, Troy Fumagalle um, is back. Um, what, what had nearly 50 catches a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50 catches, almost 600 yards. He is by far their go-to guy. I mean, Jazz Peavy was number two on our list. He's their big play guy. The he, third and sixth guy. Yeah, he's the guy. they When they need uh, just a kind of a game-changing completion, they go to Jazz Peavy. But when they need to move the chains, they go to Troy Fumagalli. And so, I mean, he's going to be by far probably the most targeted tight end in the Big Ten Conference just kind of by default. Because after Jazz Peavy, Wisconsin does not have any other wide receivers. And so Fumagalli is going to be a fixture in that passing game for Wisconsin and for Nebraska there's no one even that you could consider they they lost 100 percent of yeah. their tight end production a year ago but I think a, you have to say Tyler Hoppus will be a sleeper just from what we saw in the spring I mean heck on the first live scrimmage alone on a 10 play drive he had three catches um, so they will go to Hoppus and he could push himself up there if he has the kind of year we saw him have this spring no question I think the tight end position as a whole is going to be revamped um, just with kind of the the change of quarterback uh, the, watching the spring game uh, you know David Engelhop had four catches Tyler Hopp has had four catches I mean the tight ends were uh, a big big part of that offense and so running back checkdowns screen passes uh, tight ends over the middle uh, those are going to be back in the offense based off of what we saw over 15 practices this spring now let, let's move over to the offensive line uh, Nebraska had just one guy make our tackle guard center list and, and that was Nick Gates and you know I, I think there's some debate on that just because the way he ended the year last year and then the spring that he had he did not look physically his best so I think the jury still definitely is out on Gates as we sit here in June um, but I have no doubt he can be he's proven that he can be a big time player here at Nebraska uh, but really he was the only guy Robin you could consider right now in these top five rankings yeah and with with Nick Gates I mean this is a guy that was a freshman All-American two seasons ago uh, we know he has that potential to be an elite tackle in this league he just got to get his mind right and I think he took some st- big steps getting back to his old self this spring and uh, I think that you know he'll, he'll he'll be the old Nick Gates when when all is said and done. But um, yeah, right now, I mean, obviously center is still a question with this team. You know, the fact that um, you know they're potentially moving in a, a former tackle inside. You know, towards the end of spring because the, the competition wasn't where they wanted it to be. Um, you know, and then the guard position. I think that that's they have two guys in Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster that can be. Uh, in on this list, but right now you just you can't say that they're there right now. Uh, there was too much inconsistent play up front um, to really say that they're better than uh, you know the five other best players at their position. As far as when when, when you look at just the, the offensive line in general across the league, I mean teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, yeah, loaded on the old line. I mean they they literally return like four. Or five, Iowa's basically five of five starters. Wisconsin lost one of the NFL. They return their other four. Uh, I mean, it's hard to ignore what those two teams return in the Big Ten West right now. And that's been the big argument of you know where Nebraska is lacking the most as far as competing in the Big Ten, and it's in the trenches. And you look at lists like this. I mean, you you said it. Iowa's got you know they got number three overall tackle in Boone Myers. Uh, they got you know a top two guard uh, in Sean Welsh, number one overall Sean Welsh. Um, and then you know that you go down in that center. Um, they have, I think, the number one or two guy on the list. So, I mean, just across the board, 
uh, I was loaded. And, you know, that's that's how you win in the Big Ten. And, you know, that's kind of the things that, you know, for Nebraska football that prided themselves so long on dominant offensive lines, you know, to see these lists, uh, you know, I mean, you, you saw it in the reaction these stories got, the, the fact that Nebraska was lacking in arguably the most position, or more important position offensively in the Big Ten uh, was definitely a point of concern. We'll uh, change that conversation, Robin, over to defense next week. But uh, great job putting together these lists and, um, we'll talk defensive guys next week. I will guarantee you there will be a few more Huskers on this list when all is said and done. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. Nate Klaus will rejoin us as we'll get some thoughts on this upcoming weekend's Friday Night Lights camp. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan joined by Nate Klaus again here as He's joining us uh, from location, but he will be back in town for the Friday Night Lights camp here uh, over the weekend. Nate, and before we get to kind of the preview of the Friday Night Lights camp here this weekend in Lincoln, uh, wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the decision of Cameron Brown. It was kind of fitting. We were in St. Louis over the weekend um, during, you know, when Cameron Brown officially made his decommitment. And it was fitting that, number one, Cameron Brown wasn't at the camp in St. Louis. Number two, Keith Williams is arch rival in recruiting Zach Smith, the wide receivers coach in Ohio State. At Ohio State, had him in his possession. They offer him a scholarship, and then Cameron Brown decommits from Nebraska, but does say it had nothing to do with Ohio State. Your thoughts on how that all played out while we were in Cameron Brown's hometown over the weekend? The way everything unfolded there, really hours after the St. Louis satellite camp ended, with uh, you know with. Cameron Brown officially announcing his decommitment from Nebraska. You know, he went to Ohio State's camp, got that offer on a Friday night uh, from Zach Smith, and and tweeted it out. And, and you know, when he when he picked up the Alabama offer following his commitment to to Nebraska, he said, you know, grateful to to receive a, an offer from Alabama, but I'm still 100% committed to Nebraska. Well, when he received the Ohio State offer. He said something to the same effect, but, but didn't mention anything about Nebraska. So I think immediately there was um, some red flags, you know, maybe some people a little nervous about what, what Urban Meyer, Zach Smith might be able to do with Cameron Brown and, and what might happen with his commitment status with Nebraska. And then, sure enough, uh, within 24 hours or so, he, he opened things back up. Now, he did say he's still considering Nebraska, uh, but uh, his recruitment is, is completely open at this point in time. It's hard to know exactly all the details that went into that decision because, of course, like most kids do, when, when they have news like this, they – they aren't all about, you know, breaking it down and doing a bunch of interviews and, and detailing everything that, that has gotten, kind of gone into the decision. So I'm sure we'll, we'll learn more um, you know, as, as his recruiting process continues. But the good news for Nebraska, considering Cameron Brown, is that he has confirmed with us that he's planning to attend Nebraska's uh, Friday Night Lights camp and Big Red Weekend on the weekend of June 23rd. So – while some kids do decommit and say, well, I'm still considering whatever school they decommitted from, but most most times that's not the case. I, I think that Cameron Brown could be the exception to that rule since he is planning 
to make another unofficial visit to Nebraska on his own dime for Friday Night Lights camp. Now, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot more time on the subject of Cameron Brown, Nate, but there's this conspiracy theory in me that Zach Smith is still a little upset about how things played out with Tyjon Lindsey, and, and it's almost like a personal <clears throat> deal for him to almost hard sell this guy and try to take him from Keith Williams in Nebraska. Am I way out of line of that thought, or do you think there's maybe a little bit of truth to that thought? I don't. I don't think you're way out of line there. I mean, I, I can't say that that's what's going on in this case, but at the same time, uh, I wouldn't rule it out because I, I know for a fact that he was not happy about Nebraska being able to to flip Tyjon Lindsey um, from the Buckeyes to the Huskers. So you know, and Cameron Brown is, is a really good player. I think he's. I think he's a little underrated, maybe a little undervalued by a lot of people, and and part of that's because he plays with you know alongside of a of a rivals 100 prospect, um, you know, in wide receiver Cameron Babb, who gets a lot of the headlines. But I mean, Cameron Brown racked up um, insane amount of yardage as a junior. He's a he's a 10-7 electronic 100 meter guy. I mean, this kid is very athletic and has a lot of upside to him. So. Um, so there's some value there, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if this was kind of an opportunity for Zach Smith to, to maybe kind of stick it to Nebraska a little bit because, let's face it, ever since the success that Ezekiel Elliott had at Ohio State, I think the Buckeyes have been one of those teams in the St. Louis metro area that have had a lot of draw for those kids. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we, we talk recruiting here to close this week's show, Nate, uh, Nebraska will hold their first of two Friday Night Lights camps. Uh, there will be a special fan fest that starts from 5 to 7 with free food, games, activities, players, cheerleaders, mascots, Coach Mike Riley. It's going to be a circus as we get things kicked off here. The next three Friday nights, uh, there'll be two for the camps, and there'll be a fan fest on the 30th not tied to a camp. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be something to see. What are you expecting to see this weekend um, with these Friday Night Lights camps and, and kind of everything going on with them? Well, I think first of all, there's going to be a lot of people that come out to these uh, these camps because into the fan fest because uh, I mean, let's face it, it's the middle of June and and I think everyone's kind of jonesing for some football as the summer months are, are upon us and um, and what better way to to spend a Friday night in the middle of June than to be able to to go inside the stadium and and kind of have open access to some of the facilities and be able to, you know, take pictures and maybe get some autographs from the coaching staff and, and get some free food. And then, Oh, by the way, we're going to have a bunch of recruits on, on campus. And, and if you stay, you can watch them work out. So I think there's going to be a lot of fans um, there this Friday night, Um, probably more so on the weekend of the 23rd, because that's really the weekend that Nebraska has kind of gone all out trying to get a lot of their commitments and, and top overall remaining targets on the board for 2018, as well as a lot of their underclassmen targets uh, on campus. But there's still going to be some good players there this weekend. And I think the, you know, the headliner, of course, is probably going to be Max Duggan, uh, the, the, the 2018 quarterback out of Council Bluffs that Nebraska just recently offered. Sports sport athlete, very athletic kid, and, um, and Nebraska's got some ground to make up with him, so I think it's a good uh, it's a good sign that he's visiting and is going to be taking part of the camp, and um, and you're going to have him around a, a commitment like Cameron Jurgens on that on that Saturday uh, during Big Red Weekend, and uh, and you're going to have another offer, offered offensive lineman in Trey Stratford out of Allen, Texas, uh, the powerhouse 
program there in, in Texas that uh, is going to be on campus as well. So, uh, like I said earlier, not going to be as big as the 20-thousand. But still, I think there's you're going to have a good group of guys, and there's going to be a number of players that kind of you know that that emerge here over the next 24, 48 hours leading up to the camp that are legitimate Nebraska targets or that already have offers from the Huskers. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we get you ready for the upcoming Friday Night Lights camp in Lincoln, uh, as Nebraska. Uh, we'll host a number of top recruits here uh, getting ready to go. And obviously the, the, the 23rd is going to be the bigger one. But you mentioned um, Max Duggan. I, I do believe, Nate, this is a huge, huge opportunity for Nebraska. Um, you've already hear, heard a lot of smoke out there uh, that you know Nebraska is kind of playing catch-up with him, even though he's a 2019 quarterback. Well, they, they just lost out on, on their top QB target. Um, to A and M, and and now Duggan comes to campus. Um, to me, that that is far and away the story of this first camp. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, um, Nebraska made it pretty clear during the spring evaluation period that they were going to forego recruiting a uh, quarterback in this 2018 class. So all focus kind of went towards Grant Gannell um, as, as being the number one guy. And as soon as he he committed to Texas A and M, Nebraska didn't waste any time in offering. Duggan, and uh, so it's clear that he was number two on their board, uh, which in a lot of cases, you know, there's not a lot that separates number one from number two uh, on your recruiting board. And uh, and I think Nebraska's being pretty methodical with the way that they recruit the quarterback position, especially considering what they already have on campus um, and, and have returning. So, um, you know, that's, that's a, it's a huge kind of turn of events here that we're, that we're, where we've seen the focus completely shift towards a new quarterback target for the 2019 class, plus getting him on campus and, um, you know, and, and maybe establishing uh, a better connection with him and, and, you know, a better relationship going forward as, you know, as we're probably, what, about 19, 20 months away from, from that 2019. Uh, signing date eventually. So um, that's definitely something that's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch and see how let's see how things kind of unfold now. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Nate. The next couple of weeks here, uh, these Friday Night Lights camps will kind of cap things off uh, as then we go into that quiet period in recruiting. Uh, have safe have safe drive back to Lincoln, Nate, and, and we'll see you back here Friday night. Sounds good. You bet. All right. Well, that wraps it up here for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.